So that's my pro tip. Find a big backlog of information. (laughs) I like big backlogs, I can't (laughs) not lie. (laughs) Welcome to Working Code with your three hosts who never make off by one errors, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. All right, here we go. It's show number 81. We're calling this one Total Randos. And uh, Adam is not here today. He has a little family emergency. So we're going to start with triumphs and fails. And it's actually, I think, my turn to go first, right? Yeah, it is. So I'm going to start with a failure. So, (laughs) you know, I was all excited. You know, I went away for a couple of weeks and everything ran. And I've been trying to be better about being a good delegator. And I I am. I am delegating. And now it's like... It seems like all the fun stuff I want to do, I have to delegate. And all the stuff I really don't want to do, I have to do. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I've been spending a lot of time doing marketing and sales stuff and just contracts. And that's not fun. I need a side project. I need a little skunk works project to keep me going. But uh, I was just about to ask if you had one, if you had anything you could work on to find your zen throughout the day. I'm waiting on on my muse to to hit me. So we'll see. Mm. Let me ask you a random question about credit card processing, if you don't mind. This might be something you know. So I ordered food from our local diner the other day and I'm waiting at the counter to pick it up. And I look down and pasted onto the counter is a little, a little graphic that says, if you pay with a credit card, then we have to charge you an extra 3% in order to counteract the credit card fee. And it got me thinking. So I have an Amazon Prime card, which I think gives me 5% cash back on, on any purchases I make through mm-hmm. Amazon. So why doesn't and I assume there's regulatory reasons for this, but like, why doesn't someone like Amazon or Apple just release a credit card that has 0% fees and just like consume that entire market? Like if they're already willing to lose percentages on certain things, why not just become the uh, only credit card that anyone wants to work with? But you're working from false premise. They're not losing. You're thinking, okay, it's three seven three percent they're charging and they're doing 5% cash back. They're, I trust you, they're not losing money on that. So th- <laughs> that, that, three per, that 3% really is just sort of a group aggregate average of what the typical fees are. So every single card that you charge, it the actual cost to the, the merchant, like the store that you're buying from, yeah. is different every single time. There's no way for them to know when they swipe the card, right? Oh, really? So, it's so if it's a debit card, it's pennies, right? The debit yeah. card is super cheap. If you're using your bank debit card as a like a Visa, just a standard credit card itself is, is pretty cheap as well. It's those points cards, those travel cards, those cashback cards, they're higher. So what they what you know that merchant is doing, they're saying on average, it's about 3%. So we're going to charge a 3% markup. But yeah, trust me, that 5% cash back, they're not losing money on you. Gotcha. All right. All right. Just especially in an Amazon context, I've heard, and I don't know if this is actually true, but I've heard that they're willing to lose money on a lot of their consumer products because they make so much money on their cloud and their AWS stuff. And it just, it struck me as like, would there be a value for them to become a dominant credit card provider? But maybe there's no real value in it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the real, the real issue here is, I guess, is a much bigger discussion. But honestly, I mean, the credit card, like Visa and all them, that they don't actually produce cards. They're a network, 
Visa, MasterCard, they're just a giant network. And it's so antiquated, the network that they're using with the internet. There were no credit cards, you know, up until today. And you were building the idea of a credit card company. It'd all be internet-based and the fees would be so much lower. There's so many, I mean, I'm a middleman in this whole thing, right? So Visa's getting their cut. I'm getting their cut. The bank's getting their cut. (laughs) There's so many people with their hands in the cookie jar that if you rebuilt it today, you just have one giant network that's global and one person taking their cut per transaction and that would be it and it'd be so it'd much be so low, cheaper so low yeah, yeah. interesting yep. so anyway right. that's me that's my fail but now i feel better i think it's a triumph because i taught ben something so yay <laughs> yay thank you ben how about you carol oh me so i'm the opposite of you i delegated and it feels so good <laughs> we planned it but we didn't oh no, we did we not didn't. i swear we didn't i was thinking of you know the song where it's like reunited and it feels so good right that's what i thought about when i'm surprised I said you that. get the reference that yeah. song is like older than you by a yeah. long shot i was like i delegated and it feels so good yeah i can't sing but yeah well my triumph is that for the past few weeks i have been struggling i have been struggling like daily because i've been on production support i am handling management roles and i have this giant deadline lingering that's due the end of this week where we're cutting over for uat testing and i've just every morning i start work with a to-do list from the previous day because i just can't get everything done and as part of this project someone needed some help and it was kind of like laying on my shoulders to go help this person and go help this person. And I really need to just set some time, like set some time aside. You know, that's hard to say. Set some time aside to help this person. And I get up on a call with my boss and my peer. And we're just kind of talking about everything going on and kind of what's happening. And I mentioned that I'm just kind of struggling with too much on my plate at the moment because of the production support that I have. And typically there's not a lot of production support, but we had a lot of production support for the past few weeks that is not normal. So I was just super busy and then trying to help this engineer that needed help. So my peer was like, why don't you just hand that off to so-and-so? He's really good at that. So I just ping both of them and I'm like, hey, do you have some time free? Because this other engineer is stuck on writing this entire unit test from scratch because he does it really know testing so well. He's new to this and I really could use the help. And he jumped in, helped him today, halfway through the day. They have almost all the tests like structured pretty well, has a big code push out and it just went very smoothly. And I'm sitting here going, I should delegate things more often and stop trying to like hold so much on my plate or stop thinking that I have to be the one that, that initiates the help. Like other people can help people and that's fine. And it's all good to delegate something and feel like it, it succeeded. So yay to delegation. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. That's me. What about you, Ben? Uh, So I'm going to go with a triumph, but it's not a, particularly well-articulated triumph. I think I had mentioned on last week's show that I built something and I actually, for the first time in a long time, received one feedback and two, a compliment, which is yeah. just uh, I, I'm, I'm, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like blowing my yeah. mind. And yeah. I've just been flying so high on that compliment ever since. And so there's no like particular triumph here. I'm just feeling triumphant. <laughs> in general and very motivated it's like uh, i feel uh, i don't know blade is an old reference right then anything with vampire there's always a scene in a vampire where vampire is weak and then they yeah. bite into some young nubile <laughs> human <laughs> mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're like ah there's like veins are pumping like that's just it's like i was beaten down 
And then I drank some blood and now I just feel amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're Edward. I'm so happy that you're Edward right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Know. Edward is not a, a vampire. Vampires do not sparkle. That is just that is a vampire. All vampire. Mm-mm. Okay, fine, Ben. You're Bella. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think kind of as an adjacent note here for managers, just in general, I think the sometimes just the lightest touch has such a huge impact on people. And I agree. You, know, you don't necessarily think about it or expect it. But like, again, I've just been flying high for like a week now and feeling yeah. great. And it sounds so small when you say it, right? Like I did something, someone noticed it and it got a good compliment and it's changed your life for a week. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Absolutely. Take note, people. Take note. Compliment your people. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we... Having an attitude of gratitude is important. Just it, That's a it, good way to it, say it. It takes so little just to, to tell a person thank you or, you know yeah. what, I'm really glad you're in our team or what you did there was pretty amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it takes a little out of us, but just we get so busy and so yeah, focused on ourselves sometimes. We're, I mean, all humans are naturally selfish creatures. We have to work toward being giving, right? So. Yeah. But yeah, if we do that, it can have such an incredible impact on people's lives and, and just the culture right. in general. Oh, yeah. And definitely, I think a productivity boost for the company, because I I mean, I can't speak for anyone else. I know that when I'm feeling good, I like my physicality is the limiting factor. Like I have so many ideas bursting around in my head and I want to put them on the screen. <laughs> it's like I literally just can't get it out fast enough. And, uh, and but, you know, that's when I'm feeling good. So I assume the more people make me feel good, the more I can jam out. <laughs> so he's going super saiyan. <laughs> I got a compliment today. It wasn't even actually a compliment. It was we had a meeting and you guys know how I feel about meetings. I had a, a meeting today and in my the person I direct report to is a meeting that I had called. And so we had the meeting and like 15 minutes in, we were done. And she goes, that's what I love. That's what I love about having meetings with Tim. We get straight to the point. We get done early. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I do. <laughs> it's, cause it's like, I think that sitting there talking about the weather is a complete waste of time. So let's let's Agreed. get into the meat of this. Get it done. I'll give you 15 minutes of your life back. Yep. Heck yeah. And the good thing is that my calendar still shows I'm blocked exactly. for 15 yeah, minutes. Exactly. So nobody knows that they can put something on my calendar. Yep. So I get to sit and do something. Yep. It's great. Yeah. When people cancel the meeting, I don't take it off my calendar. I don't either. <laughs> no. I'm like, free time, baby. <laughs> yeah. Go work on something I want to. Yes. I actually try to make it a point to block off an hour every day in the middle of the day, like a lunch period. Like, even if I'm not sitting there eating or out eating, I like to have an hour that I know no one else can take on my calendar. I have a hard time with that because of my time zone difference, mm. right? So people are coming in when it's like time for my lunch. So I either have to do it before they come in or I just have to find somewhere that I can walk away. Like there are times I don't get up and leave till like four o'clock and I'm like, well, I'll come back or just I'll keep working and call it quits a little early. So, but I get that. If I were on the t- same time zone as like everyone else I worked with, I totally would block off every day at lunchtime and make sure that no one put anything on my calendar. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, today our, our glorious leader, Adam, is not here today. So we had a hard time coming up with a topic. So it's going to be kind of a random, it's not really a potluck. It's kind of random things we're going to talk about here yeah. today. And who wants to start us off? I can start us off if you want. Sure. So we've been on this project for several months now and between some travel for work and between my 
my design buddy being wrapped up in production support and me then right following behind him on the next set of production support. I was freaking out all weekend long that we weren't going to meet our deadline for this project. So we're supposed to hand this off for UAT. Well, we're going to go QA first. So QA will have it for about a week and then they'll go to UAT the following week. So we're supposed to hand this off this Friday. Like it's supposed to be handed off, done, delivered. And all weekend long, I was like, I should just go code. I should just go write something for this because I know how far behind we are on it. I just, it's just bad, right? I know everything's going to just kick us in the ass whenever we do this demo because the demo was actually too day well i am happy to report (laughs) that it is dev complete as of today and we are on schedule and actually well ahead of schedule and i spent my weekend in my head worrying about it for nothing the few little minor things that were remaining that i thought were going to be critical and like super big fixes that were still needed I kicked them out in about a day. So I got them done yesterday afternoon and this morning. I wrapped up the last ones while I was still having tons of meetings because that's what I do most of my day now is just meet with people. Mm. (laughs) So in between the meetings, I was able to code the final few things and then the other engineer wrapped up one of them. So I think uh, after today's demo, we officially have zero work items left on it. So PR will be up first thing in the morning and it'll be handed off and we are set and pretty. And I am just super happy about that, that between the two of us, we both were stressing last week just because of the. We feel like we haven't had a lot of time on it just because of the production support needs and us not being really great at production support because he's newer than I am. So he's only been here eight months. So whenever you're throwing production support at someone who's only been here eight months, our system's huge. There's areas we've never even looked at. I still get hit with things. I don't know what they mean. Like I always use the example of we have something called the. FTD or something. Anyways, it's the same and accurate is the same initials as the flower delivery service. Mm, I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so someone put in his investigate this like a couple times ago was like, hey, this is failing. And I was like, hey team, when did we start delivering flowers? <laughs> and they're like, no. It's this other thing for this other thing. And I'm like, this is why acronyms suck. Like you should just call them what they are. Don't give anything initials or short versions. Like just give them their name. Anyways. So he and I spend a lot of time on prod support, like researching and trying to figure out what it is before we even can come up with a solution. So the fact that we were able to cover prod support for full four for four full weeks of our development cycle and are done three days early has me super giddy on the inside and even giddy on the outside. I'm just so happy right now. Like I can hug this guy. Like if we weren't, if we weren't so far apart, I totally would hug this guy. So very just happy. I'm happy. Very happy. So when you say that there's going to be a PR tomorrow, is yeah. that a PR that is like representative oh. of the last four weeks of work? I mean, how large is that PR? Oh, this PR is actually the representative of about, Eight weeks of work. (laughs) So we started off the project planning and we got brought in a little too early. And this is something that we're learning and that we're figuring out. We're trying to get engineers involved sooner in the conversation with how we design things and not later. Well, business hadn't fully like gotten all of the kinks out of their design. So mm-hmm. they handed off to us. We thought we were maybe a couple conversations away from design. We wrote the ter- wrote the tech doc from the tear sheet and it just went back and forth for several weeks. So we coded uncoded because it was still changing so much. So yeah, it's about 50 files. 
Oh, that's uh, that's beastie. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty hefty one, but it's not. Maybe it's not. Yeah, well, with all the tests, it's probably. I, I'll tell you later exactly how many it is, but it's a pretty hefty change. And I am going to communicate very early in the morning to the people who were putting on it to block off time to go review it because it's not going to be a quick review. And we didn't break it out into individual PRs because typically we'll do that. We'll have like a main PR that has like some, maybe we're setting up a gateway and we're setting up a service, like that core base for it. Like these are the core pieces of what you need. And then all the extra stuff we spin off as individual PRs. So once the base is good and you have an understanding of it, it's easier to just kind of click approve on those smaller ones as they come in. Like, oh, we're now going to do it a different way, some small changes. We didn't do it this time because there were so many changes up front. So mm-hmm. it is going to be a hefty one, but we're going to warn everyone ahead of time <laughs> to make sure that they block off their calendar to get this PR in. Because also we kind of need it done by Friday. <laughs> so two, two things. Very cool. So and then yeah. who actually reviews these PRs? So if you have two people doing the work, is it the user acceptance people that are doing the PRs or? No, my other engineer. Other so yeah. So I'll just probably ping a few people and see if anybody has availability. And if nobody has availability, I'll put as many engineers on it as I can put in the list. And then hopefully (laughs) some of them have time. Our rule is we have two leads, an architect, and then we have the two managers and um, director of engineering. So between the six of us, there's six of us, right? Six of us now. Yeah. Between the six of us, there has to be at least one approval by the six of us before it can go to production. That's the, and then it, it has to have approval by two other engineers, but it's engineers. Oh, you need multiple masters. approvals. I see. Yeah. You have to have three, to, you have to have three. So one's by a lead. So any of those six people, and then the other two have to be engineers that didn't code on it. It's like, I can't approve it and the other engineer can't approve it. And that's count as our like votes because we code it prior to the project. So are they reviewing the code? Is that for quality? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be doing the PR on it. Yeah. Cool. Are, are you finding having different types of people do the PR? Is that like, is that actually adding value? I mean, are different types <laughs> of people that that's the same thing. finding significantly <laughs> different types of things? So there's always a way to cheat the system, right? (laughs) There's always a way to cheat the system. After you work on a team for so long, you learn kind of what people go after, right? So I know who to put on a PR that isn't going to nitpick it, right? Mm -hmm. And I know who is going to tear the thing apart. Mm -hmm. So depending on how critical I want someone to be on it, (laughs) then maybe I won't put the person who's going to tell me I've put too many spaces on my in carriage return like I so this is a total side tangent I hate when PRs come back that are just like oh you didn't style that right like you should put camel case here not an underscore freaking does my code work (laughs) like is it functioning let's okay fine it's readable it looks good and it functions so I guess you're not back off (laughs) off. no we don't lint Mm. we lint in our TypeScript projects but we don't lint in the CF projects yeah is there even a linter that works for CF? That's a linter. I don't know if it works. Exactly. Because no we, we ran one. It, it took forever. Yeah. It, was, it was slow. I do not want to lint this project. It's massive. It's an old legacy app. Yo, here's something interesting. You talked about people gaming the system. We just had a meeting on Monday. And we're trying, one of the teams is trying to revamp their PR culture a little bit. Because PRs just have been taking a really long time to, to get done. Right. 
And one of the things that they brought up in the meeting was code coverage. And they're leaning now at the idea of completely getting rid of code coverage tools because what they were finding were people were building unit tests that didn't really test anything meaningful, but they were writing them because the continuous integration or whatever, like they would get blocked if they weren't increasing the code coverage with their PRs. And they're like, the tests are just becoming useless and they're taking longer to run. So they end up, they just want to delete a bunch of tests and get rid of the code coverage. And they're blocked at the automation level. So it's like your builds can't run at all because automation says you didn't add coverage on it. I've been in that spot before. I remember adding something that was, I found a way in TypeScript and with Jess to go find out if I console logged anything out. So inside the bottom of my returns, I was like, console right. And I was like, this is successful. And <laughs> does it have a console in there? And it did. So it passed and therefore it got code coverage. And I was like, I'm moving on because I don't have time to deal with it right now. I know it wasn't accurate and I shouldn't have done that, but I did it at the time. <laughs> so like there are ways around it. And that's all you do is you learn how to game the system to bypass a rule because someone thought that this number looked right. Mm-hmm. 100% code coverage might not get you anywhere. It mm-hmm. may. For some people, it may work and you may get it right. But if you don't have the time to write accurate tests, then 100% code coverage is usually pretty much faked across the board just to get the number right because someone said we had to meet that number. So I get it. I get it, Ben. Yeah, Charlie Munger, he's an investor, a billionaire. He has a famous quote that says, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. (laughs) <laughs> right so explain inc- that i don't get it so the so if you say the incentive is 100 code coverage or 90 code coverage right mm-hmm. the outcome is going to be you're going to get that but you're not necessar- oh yeah you're not Following. necessarily yeah. going to get what you really mean is like bug-free code right because people are you can just say well we, we really couldn't test this so we're just going to mock that out right well you mock that out <laughs> but really mocking it is always going to give you the the desired result, right? I told you what it was. Yeah, exactly. You expect an array. Let's mock an array for you. Yeah. It's so pretty. It's right. My code's right. Yeah. So, I mean, pe- people, the, the test can be wrong. The test can pass, but the test can be wrong. And that's why you right. can have really good code coverage and then still have bugs in the system because you're not really either using the system in a way that's going to be a real world scenario. Yeah. Or your your tests really are just stupid tests <laughs> that, <laughs> that go green and don't really ex- have a chance to expose a bad logic. That's true. Yeah, I mean, the only way it would, like in those scenarios where you're like, oh, let me just mock a return back so that it matches what I expect this to be returning, right? The only way that helps you in the future is if someone does go change it and now instead of returning right. like an array, it's now returning like a query, then you've hit a problem, right? That is the only way that helps. Otherwise, it's just useless. And how often do people change return types on functions that are already implemented? Like it's not often, it's not often you're like, let me just go change the type that it's coming out of. Most people... Or I find most people are like, oh, this is being used. I don't want to use it that way. I'm going to create one almost like it that does something different, though. That way we have both available for the different use cases for it. So I'm like, oh, here's my query version. Here's my array version. Like, you have your data. We have this. And now we can tweak them as needed. So, yeah. What you got, Ben? I've been thinking about uh, fooling myself into believing things. Fooling? Like, I I don't know if you ever... Like, trickery? Like... I don't know if you ever do this where you have a belief 
And then you question whether or not you actually believe that thing or if you fooled yourself into believing <laughs> that thing. Like like when people who, and this is not to throw shade on any vegetarians, sure. but like when people are like, oh, you, you can't taste the difference between soy ice cream and regular ice cream. And like mm. they've definitely convinced themselves that's true. It's you clearly, just forget what real ice cream tastes like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 I, and so the reason that this was point of mind for me was because in Lucy CFML, which is what I use professionally at work, they have this concept called tag islands, which is when you're inside of a script block, you can do a triple back tick and you can start to use tags inside of a script, which I really only ever use because I love CF query tag and the CF query <laughs> oh, here we tags. Go. Yeah, yeah. Here we so, go. And if I bring this up, Scott Stroh's, Will his eye will start to twitch, and he'll tell me that Tag Islands is the worst thing that's ever occurred uh, in human history. Ugly, I gotta admit. So, so, so here's where I come back to this idea of fooling myself, or do I fool myself? So, professionally, I use Lucy CFML, and then on my blog runs an Adobe Cold Fusion, and Adobe Cold Fusion does not have the Tag Islands. Right. So, I use Query Execute in there because all of my components are script based, and I just cannot get used to Query Execute. Like I, I use it and it's, and it does what I need it to do, but I'm just constantly wishing that I had tag islands so that I could fall back to using CF query and CF query param tags. And it makes me wonder if there's something fundamentally different about the two approaches. Like it's not just preference. Like it's not just, oh, I only use CF query tag. So I assume that's the only thing I want. I actually use both because I'm forced to in different contexts and I still can't get used to one of them. And I don't know if that's just because I'm overcoming 15 years worth of bias mm -hmm. towards CF query tags, or if literally there's an ergonomics to the CF query tag that is literally just better, which is why I will never be able to feel as positive towards query execute as I do towards the tag based uh, equivalent. Ben, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, but let's see. I, I think it's safe to say with your personality, you are somewhat change averse with certain routines <laughs> that you have. I mean, would you agree That's, with that, that statement? That is fact. That is fact. Yeah. But I feel you because I'll be honest, it took me a long time to learn to like Query Execute. Yeah. I really did like, I guess it's because you just, the old days of just like having the select star from table name where and having that block yeah. of SQL, it just, it felt so nice to see that there. But then once you start writing everything in script components and everything, it just, that it just is jarring to me now to see that. I'll tell you what sold me on it. And this is, I think it's, this is something that Adam Cameron and I were kind of haranguing you about. So what I do like about query execute and sorry to the, our non cold fusion CFML developers out there, but what I do like about Query Execute, it's got three arguments, right? So you have the SQL statement, mm -hmm. you've got the the parameters, right? So the parameters, whatever you're in your where statement, and then you have the mm -hmm. options like the, the data source and, and caching information or whatever. What I do like about it, so my kind of template way of building a Query Execute is I have a function that builds a SQL string. I do that for testing, right? So I'm testing, is this coming back as a string? Things like that. And I have a function that builds the parameters and I have a function that builds the arguments. So my query execute is really just kind of one line with three calls to <laughs> two functions. Yeah. And then in the function, I can format that beautiful SQL text however I like in, in the function that builds the SQL statement text. And I can you know build that however I like in there. And it just, it looks clean to me. And I only wonder if you're now, if this is the 
soy ice cream phase of your development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, you've so far removed yourself from the ease of tags that you're like, oh, this is actually better. <laughs> you know what I don't like? So one thing, so sometimes, occasionally I'll just, because the page is in tags, I will go back to the tags. I really dislike the way CF query param breaks up your SQL statement. I just, what do you mean? So... So you have this like nice SQL code, and then you have this mm-hmm. inside of there. You have these brackets, like oh, CFPRAM yeah. equals, and CF now Bram, it's yeah. really Name, long and verbose, right? Yeah. And now my yeah. beautiful SQL statement is like chock full of these yeah. tags, these tags in there. And I really dislike that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It does make it a little bit more wordy. I like the query execute too because whenever I output the query, it outputs with the like semicolon and then the, the parameters. Yeah. So whenever I throw it in Oracle and I hit execute, it just pops up the window automatically that says, "Give me your values you want for all of these inputs," and I don't have to go like oh, find that's replace. Interesting. I can just in, I can just go put them in there. Whereas if I do it the other way, it actually puts out the tags and then I'm like having to go comment each one of those out and like put in the value. So I can't just paste it in easy. So that's why, whether that's one thing I do like about the query execute versus just the CF query tag. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that uh, there was a SQL client, like a GUI that would prompt for the inputs. That's pretty cool. I wonder if I can get, I use Navicat for my SQL. I wonder if that's something I could configure it to do. Yeah, take a look at it because this is what Oracle does. And Aquadata did the same thing when I mm-hmm. did Microsoft did database stuff. Oh, I don't even know what it's called now. T-SQL, Microsoft SQL Database Server. I don't know names of things because now I'm only Oracle and I've forgotten everything else, yeah. clearly. Well, one day maybe we get to use Postgres. So. <laughs> we actually have Postgres. I will go there. I will join the dark side. <laughs> there you go. It's not the dark side, it's the light side. <laughs> but no, but I, I feel you, man. The query, ex, it took a while. I mean, I think you and I probably started, you probably started a little bit before me in doing Cold Fusion. Yeah, just the beauty of that. That's what sold me on the language, man. Yeah, the ability to like do a CF query. I mean, it's back so in easy. that. Yeah, yeah, talk to a database so easily like that. Yeah. Instead of building these crazy long connection strings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, that is just elegant. And yeah, so it took yeah. a long time for me to learn to love query execute. But I, I'm not, I don't think it's soy ice cream. It's more maybe sherbet. <laughs> and I really do like sherbet. So. It's yummy. Uh, it does yeah. give me a tummy ache. So. Yeah. It is, it is Orange nice. Orange or green. Orange yeah. sherbet. Yeah. What is, what is green yeah. sherbet? Lime. lime. Oh, lime. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yum. It's good, too. It's good on like a hot summer day. Mm. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Throw it in with some pineapple juice and drink it. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm yeah. thirsty now. This is, sorry, if I could just (laughs) round out the thought here. There is something so nice, almost luxurious, decadent, I don't know what the right word is, about having sort of actively working in in two different modes as a way to kind of constantly check whether you're fooling yourself or whether you actually feel a certain way. Like, I don't know. One of the ways where I feel like maybe I fool myself is I love SQL. I love relational databases. and, And every time I hear someone get interviewed about document or just other kinds of NoSQL databases, they'll say something to the effect of people use SQL because they have to use SQL. And I was thinking to myself, no, I love SQL. Like it's literally, it allows me to express exactly what I want. But again, it's like, am I saying that because 99.99% of all of my database interactions is through SQL. So I fooled myself into believing this is a 
very powerful, very elegant language. And I almost wish that I also did a lot more document database interactions so that I could have that constant comparison. Am I fooling myself into thinking that sherbet is as delicious as full fat milk ice cream? Or (laughs) am I actually just fundamentally liking something more? You may be fooling yourself. And guess what? That's okay. It's totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) because <laughs> I can't there are things I just I can't wrap my head around because of what I know like yeah. I am so set in how I work and how things function and I see SQL relational databases working for me so to throw another path at me I'm like I don't even know what that would look like like my brain can't comprehend how to do something if it's not related to each other. Like, what do I do? I don't understand. Yeah. So right. it's okay. It's okay to be fooling yourself. And are you happy? The question is, are you happy doing it? Absolutely. And, so, and is it working Then guess for what? You? It's fine. Yeah. Don't let yeah. anyone tell you differently. And, and I, I've done the same thing. I've played around with document databases. And yeah, they worked. But it's like, I don't really know what I earned from that it's i think my use case is it was different from whatever that was built yeah. for and so yeah not changing i'm not Mm-mm. leaving postgres Mm-mm. ride or die oh, fanboy <laughs> so anyway that's me yeah that's a good got? one i like it i like it thanks yeah ben like i said i love you he's so thoughtful and emotional <laughs> yeah so i was talking earlier with you guys before we started recording about pci woes like like so what what is pci so that is, is that? goodness i should know what that means just high level, like what is that? So entail? PCI is if you're dealing with credit card data, you have to be PCI compliant. So that I forget. It's a compliance. It's okay. a compliance thing, right? So it's how are you building your software? How are you dealing with the credit card information? Are you storing it? How are you keeping that safe? If if you're storing it, are you are you using it? query execute or are you using <laughs> right. query tag? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Ben's question oh, on the yeah. checklist. <laughs> query execute. All the way. (laughs) Well, actually, no, because it's in Scala. So, yeah, that doesn't. Neither. (laughs) But it's like, so we, I mean, we've been doing these audits for years, right? I mean, yeah, over a decade. And they've never caught like credit card numbers in our data. But obviously they missed something because they caught some this time. But what happens is, so it's like some people, when they go to a payment page, there's your name and then the credit card number and then expiration date, the CVV code. (laughs) So they go to their name and they start typing their credit card number. Carol and they put lifts it in her there. hand. Carol, oh, you do that? <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've done that a few times. And yeah. it's like, oh, we need name, like letters here, like alphas, not numbers. I'm like, oh, wrong field. Yeah. And just over the years, I never thought, and I mean, this actually even predates me, never just thought that someone could accidentally, because our credit card, we do store the last four of the credit card number, right? So we make sure we try never to store it anywhere. We tokenize it and then we store the token. So it's like, we only have four characters. So the past like 10 years, I've showed the auditor the same, like, hey, so show me where the credit card data is stored. I'm like, okay, here it is. It's only four characters. So yeah, obviously we can't put it in there. But then, yeah, somehow, I don't know, maybe their scanner like was upgraded or something. But yeah, it found that people would put their credit card. It was like, I mean, going back over a decade, it's like 700 people. Oh, it's not bad. It's and not a lot honestly, when you think of that we, many. We don't store the CVV. We don't store the, the expiration date. And so, honestly, no one could actually have used that data regardless. So, it's not a breach that yeah. is material. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, super crazy. And and so, basically, had to build a bunch of regex. I should have called Ben. He's the regex yeah. master. But had to build some regex to go find all these credit card numbers and look them in different fields and say, all right, 
where else could people possibly be? Are they putting in their address field? I don't know. They I mean, address you could. Too? Yeah. yeah. So going through all that and then and just building. So and then after that, we found that. So, the, I mean, the thing, we're not going to fail the PCI. The, the whole thing of the PCI audit is to say, all right, are you following the rules? Yes. Do you yeah, have, you're doing do, your best. Right. You have data that's bad, right? How are you going to clean it up? So right. cleaned it up, went through, found all of them. So and still looking in a few places, but, and then built a trigger that basically says if their payment name is just all numbers. I'm There's a problem. Sure that's probably, unless you're <laughs> Elon Musk kid, you probably don't have like a mathematical formula in your name. And just, yeah, just the trigger prevents, it doesn't prevent, but just it replaces it. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So that was, yeah. That's crazy. I know sometimes I uh, will just do muscle memory. I'm all tabbing back and forth between things like one password and various login forms. And every now and then muscle memory blips and I'll paste my password into the username field and hit Mm, enter. And like, Mm -hmm. and then to Carol's point, it'll say, nope, your login failed. And I'm like, as an engineer, I'm like, yeah, my password is probably just logged somewhere. Cause yeah, cause if they weren't, they're probably filtering out passwords, but they may have been logging the username that failed for some reason. And then I have to do a quick calculation. Like, do I need to go and change my password? If someone were to compromise this account, is it, is it, yeah, like, we'll is it important okay. enough? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. your bank account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll admit, Carol, like, so, so sometimes I'll go to a checkout page and I use, I store my credit card in Chrome. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so it's like, I'll start typing and putting some numbers in, like, and it doesn't populate. I'm like, why is it not popular? Oh, I'm in the name field. The okay. wrong one. Yeah. 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 Like, but I don't think I ever actually pulled the trigger on submitting it i have before definitely <laughs> and probably was drunk purchases but mm-hmm. yeah late night yeah. definitely done it yeah. Sure. yeah yeah for sure those shoes were really pretty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to use this credit card processor i don't quite know where the line falls between the, the payment gateway and the processor because i think they're technically two different, different things yeah. like we use Recurly. they are different mm-hmm. okay because I like, like we we used to use Recurly, and I think Recurly is the processor. But then I think internally they turn around and actually post it to a payment gateway or something. So they like they don't control. I don't know. I, anyway, that's not the point of the story. The way they implemented the JavaScript and HTML for inputting the credit card stuff, each form field was actually rendering an iframe that they would load on their end. So because it was an iframe on a different domain, even if someone were to compromise our application and inject Mm. JavaScript, there'd literally be no way for them to access the iframe. And I think the iframe- We do the exact same thing. Yeah, Yeah. it was. I had never seen anything like that. I'm like, oh, this is so complicated and frustrating. And I had to build some like weird Angular directives around making sure forms were ready to submit and everything. But then someone explained to me all the reasons of the PCI compliance and like why they actually Mm -hmm. do that. It was pretty clever, actually. I was like, I've been through this before. This sounds very familiar. I So I have talked about in the past having a, a backlog of stuff. Like I always want to have a, some small it's tasks. It's a very sexy backlog. Yeah, and yeah. it's what I want in my life. Of <laughs> lots of things to work on whenever you want to work on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I don't curate it very well, but it's more, it's mostly like a collection of random thoughts. And our support team just started putting together a bi-weekly meeting with various teams to help bubble up ideas and frictions from the users. And basically just to kind of shorten the distance between user complaints and the backend engineers who might be able to do something about it. 
And I was telling them that I had this backlog and I have a spreadsheet of things that I look at, but it's like three years old. And they were like, if you just go into Zendesk, there's <laughs> feature requests and bug requests. And like you can filter it based on the area of the product and the version of the platform. <laughs> it's like, what? what? <laughs> you're, you're like, you're telling me I can just literally open this at any time and see how many people requested new features last week. And they're like, yeah, it's literally right there. <laughs> Oh, it's just like, oh, mind blown. This is, I'm, I'm so excited. I spent, I probably spent like three hours yesterday afternoon just paging Reading? through. Yeah. Yeah. And like I probably went through like 30 or 35 pages of feature requests dating back to 2017 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, most of them, the vast majority of them are, are I'll never be able to even consider building them, but. It's, there are some, right? Yeah. You found something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just super excited about that. I think having a place to look for inspiration is something that all people, or I don't want to say people, I think all engineers, there should be a way for all engineers to access that information. Because I agree. even if product managers and project managers and product leads and designers, even if they're supposed to funnel down the vast majority of information to the engineers, there's something fundamentally different about executing on a task that someone told you to execute on and executing on a task because you saw it and you were like, that's exciting. I want to work on that. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, just being able to sprinkle those together, zipper them together. <laughs> ben gets to have his cake and eat it too. Yo, it's yes. so good. And it's addictive. <laughs> So we just, I just saw this with one of my engineers. He found a problem in some development he was doing. And I'm not sure I've seen him so excited to work on something as I saw him work on the next effort following what he did, which was to correct all the problems he found during this. Yeah. And he was super excited to get it out and is so proud of it. And it's just like converting some old code to new code. And he's so happy about it. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like there is something to be said about getting to to find it and do it yourself, not just having it put in front of you that week and going, hey, we need this done, go work on it. Like you found this, you solved it, and you're better for it. And the system's better for it. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my 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 pro tip. Find a big backlog of information. <laughs> I like big backlogs. <laughs> I can't not lie. <laughs> I have a confession to make. So I really like building kind of new stuff, right? Not just new stuff, just like, not like features, right? Just building something completely like R&D kind of stuff. Yeah. But the second it's like, so like, I'm really like all in on the first customer. Like maybe like you get, have an idea, you pitch it to a customer, like, yeah, let's do it. We'll pay for it if you build it. So like, I'm all in on that. Second customer. Oh my God. I have so little, I have so little desired. You're, You're over like, it. Bro, I'm over I, it. I already like, did yeah. this. Like, there's, there's no excitement there. That's just, because it's not new. It's implementation now. Yeah, I'm, we're just configuring yeah. now. Nope. And that's where I'm going to start delegating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not everything can be like that. So I, I'm a greedy, selfish man. I need to work on that. <laughs> I'm excited. We have an engineer coming back who worked for us a long time ago, and he isn't super like keen on new development. He's not like, oh, I just like want to go do the new thing. Yeah. He's more of a, hey, this isn't performing so well. What the hell is going on with it? And he's mm. like, let me go find it. 
Let me go figure it out. He doesn't need to do the new. He gets excited about being able to re-engineer something that didn't work the first go around or to restructure something that wasn't handled quite right. That's what he gets super happy at. And I'm excited to work with this guy. And that's the only stupid personality test, the Myers-Briggs. I hate them, them, but that's the only reason I find any value in them because sometimes you can kind of find the people that, who are the big idea people and who are the people Mm -hmm. that once the big idea is done, just really just kind of want to putter around on it, maintain it, build it, make it better. You need a group of people that that kind of cover all those bases. If you don't, it's like you you can't have like five, six big idea people on the team. Otherwise- Nothing ever gets made. You just you, yeah, you butt heads and probably yeah. get one thing accomplished. Exactly yeah. right, and you can't have too many of the just the people who are just really excited about maintaining and incremental increases and in, in features because like you're not going to have any innovation. So right, right, that's a really hard dynamic to to, to sustain, and then it changes from time to time. I mean, there was a point in my life where I was completely fine with just hey, just give me the next bug. I want to knock yeah. this out in, in an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but it's like. That's not me now. I'm like, I, I want to build the next big thing. I, I, yeah, turn me loose and let me build something, but don't ask me to work on the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does change over time. I'm seeing that with myself. I'm like, I go from these spots where I'm like, I just want to design new things. And after this project, I'm like, I just want to go work in the backlog. Nobody asked right. me to do anything new again. I don't want to <laughs> like have to architect anything. I don't want to have to deal with deadlines. I just want to go work. I just want to go code when I can code. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, I think it's kind of ebbs and flows in, in, yeah. in just your personal energy. Yeah. Well, and then like with me, uh, because I'm on the old platform at work, I know I don't have a lot of time. So somehow fixing bugs doesn't feel like like that. The dumb like rearranging right. chairs on the Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to. Yeah. If I only have a limited amount of time, I want to be flexing hard as possible. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I put my muscles up that you couldn't see because I don't know where my camera is. Mm-hmm. I think his are a little bit bigger than yours. <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> but if it was, you'd be winning. <laughs> but if it was, you'd be winning. Yes. Yes. Oh, this episode of Working Co. was brought to you by Ben's Big Sexy Backlog. And you're right. He has two now. And listeners like you, if you're enjoying the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's the best way to keep the show running. Patreon donations cover the cost of editing. All of Tim's mic bumps out. And recording. (laughs) We couldn't do this every week without those things. So we appreciate all the support. And we'd like to give a special thanks to Monty and Gavin. Yep. Thank you, so, guys. Yep. Go hit us up on patreon.com slash working code pod. And join us on the after show where we're going to talk about stuff. So oh, yeah. Stuff. It's going to be exciting stuff. Big, big things are coming big, up. Big stuff. <laughs> and all the Patreons get early access and the after show. And you can always leave us a review at workingcode.dev slash review. So that's it for this week. We'll catch you next time. And until then. Remember, your heart matters, even if you're a total rando. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code.